From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Eddie Maguire's resignation as the president of Collingwood following the release of an explosive report into teen culture is the culmination of a decades-long story of racism at the club. But the story isn't just about Collingwood, the AFL or even sport. Today, Yorta Yorta writer and contributor to the Saturday paper, Daniel James, on how racism in sport can't be divorced from racism across our society. So, Daniel, I thought to start off, maybe you could tell me a bit about your relationship to the AFL. Who do you support? Well, I've been a, a lifetime uh, Tiger supporter, so it's been mostly tragic. But <laughs> uh, Victorian boy, born and bred, grew up in a family of good athletes, good footballers throughout time and space. My uh, great-uncle uh, Shadrach, Played football for Fitzroy back in the 40s, played alongside uh, Sir Doug Nichols. My cousin Glenn James was the first Aboriginal umpire in the VFL. But knowing the history of racism in, in, in football has challenged me throughout my life. I remember going to uh, football games, uh, in, watching the Golden Valley Football League. Teams like Marupna, which had high populations of uh, Aboriginal players within, within the team, um, and the racist abuse that they copped from spectators that I was standing next to it was just just horrendous, absolutely, absolutely horrendous. The, the saying, what happens on the field stays on the field, happened all the way from the inception of uh, football all the way through to that flashpoint in, in 93 when for the first time what happened on the field didn't stay on the field. Let's talk about that flashpoint in 1993, because I think you're referring to that very famous incident involving Nicky Winmar. So can you describe what happened? So in April 1993, Sir Kilda was playing Collingwood at Victoria Park. 60 metres, Nicky Winmar kicks. Oh, I think he's goal. The Saints are home. The racism that him and Gilbert McAdam, his fellow Indigenous Sakilda player that they copped, was apparently next level. Collingwood supporters have never been the most gracious in defeat and they did little to improve their reputation after Saturday's loss to St Kilda. And it led to that famous picture of him standing in front of the Collingwood members, lifting his Guernsey, pointing to his skin, saying, I'm proud to be... Aboriginal. Nicky Winmar broke from his normal coolness to hit back at the Magpie Army, who threw everything at him, mostly racial abuse. I thought about that because I thought, well, where, where, where did all this start? Where did the conversation about racism in the VFL slash AFL start proper? And it was in 93. Right. And why do you think it was at that moment that this debate really exploded? Because as you said, it wasn't the first example of racism on the football field. It was the first time that it really spilled off the field, though. So what made the Winmar incident different to what had happened in the past? So the Mabe decision was handed down in June of 1992. For the first time, Australia has recognised the legal existence of Aborigines prior to white settlement. And it was then the Keating's responsibility to actually develop some legislation to make that law practicable. It is a, a milestone decision and one which I think gives Australia 
uh, a tremendous opportunity to get its relationship uh, with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people right. So between June 92 to December 93, there was a massive fear and scare campaign launched by the Liberal National Party and the various vested interests that basically described what native title would look like in Australia in terms of worst-case scenario. Question is, uh, Mr Keating, is why does your government see the Aboriginal people as a much more equal uh, people than the white, the average white Australian? We don't. We see them as equal. Well, you might say that, but all the indications are that you don't. But, you, but I think that what's implied in your question is you don't. People were concerned that Aboriginal people were coming after the household home, coming after the, their communities, their schools, their land. What's your beef? I mean, don't, uh, I mean, don't you think that Aboriginal Australians are entitled to any land? Of course, they should be treated the same as every other. Well, OK, there, what's your problem? I have to buy my land, why can't they buy theirs? But forget about that racial business. So the Winmar incident uh, in April of 93 happened smack bang in the middle of that debate. It was the first time that uh, a club president had had to sort of field any questions from the media on the way that Collingwood members and Collingwood players treated First Nations people. And the, the president at the time was a gentleman called Alan McAllister. He finished his defence by saying that as long as Aboriginal people conduct themselves like white people well off the field, everyone will admire and respect them. And then to have a report handed down, you know, some nearly 30 years later saying that the same club and the person in charge of that club had overseen systemic racism at that same club made me reflect on how little we've come not only in sport but in society. Right, and this report that you mentioned, that was precipitated by much more recent incidences of, of racism, this time levelled against Collingwood by a former player, Heredia Lumumba. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, that's right. Heredia Lumumba was a premiership champion for the Collingwood Football Club. He is a man of uh, African descent. He claimed during his time at Collingwood to be the victim of racism and in 2013, during the Good Saga, he decided to come out and make a stance against his own president, Eddie McGuire. What did you tell Eddie? Why did you find it offensive? Eddie, no, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie I, no. I, I didn't have to you tell him. Have I didn't have to tell him. him, but I had to justify myself to... Hmm. Uh, in, in instances like this in the past, I've had to justify myself to people, and sometimes it feels like you're speaking to a brick wall because Australia does not have a great track record with race relations. So one of the things was that his nickname for a time at Collingwood was Chimp. There were derogatory remarks about the size of his genitalia playing into uh, African stereotypes. There's something about silence is when you remain silent, then you are essentially condoning the behaviour. I do not want that silence to speak for myself. And um, he had made a point of raising that and that was often not respected, wasn't heard. His claims weren't taken seriously and he left the game, I guess, with a bit of taste in his mouth. He's kept on raising these issues ever since he's been out of uh, Collingwood and out of the AFL system. And so... Um, I have no doubt whatsoever if Lumumba hadn't continued to be vocal, if he hadn't continued the pressure, we wouldn't have the Do Better report. So let's talk about the report itself. Can you tell me uh, about what's in it and also the way that Collingwood itself characterised the report when it was forced to, to speak about it after it leaked? 
So last week, the Do Better report, a report commissioned by Collingwood, was leaked to the media. And the report was written and developed by Professor Larissa Barant and Professor Lyndon Coombs, both very distinguished in their field and experts in the area. And the report itself is a bombshell in that it specifically states that Collingwood has a problem with systemic racism and has a number of recommendations that go towards addressing that racism. This is an historic and proud day for the Collingwood Football Club. We have decided as a club that this fight against racism, against discrimination of all types, is where we want to be. Collingwood wanted to portray the report as say, um, say, gee, look at us, aren't we fantastic? We've commissioned this report and it's um, come out with these findings, but we're going to act upon it. We're going to implement every one of the recommendations. We do all these things in, the, in our netball team. We have Asian people coming through the organisation. We have everybody and that's what we're doing. And, um, you know, this is a way of moving forward now and um, forgetting what happened. We make mistakes. We learn. We strive to be better. The way that Collingwood had received the report and tried to spin it gave people in the Aboriginal community in particular who had seen these types of things before, uh, I guess, a chill up our, uh, our collective backs because this was, again, a corporation, a system that was trying to spin something that was irrefutable. So the, the, the blowback then on Eddie was, well, you're not taking this seriously. You're not hearing or seeing or reading what's in the report. You haven't heard what people like Lamomba have said. You haven't heard what several Indigenous players have come out and said since. So the, the key aspect about truth-telling and then moving forward was, well, it would seem that the President and the Board at this stage seem incapable of telling the truth. And in breaking news, Collingwood President Eddie Maguire is stepping down effectively immediately. He was due to step down at the end of 2021. We're standing by to take you to his press conference shortly, but in the meantime... We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everyone. I try my best, and I don't always get it right, but I don't stop trying. But today, effective immediately, I stepped down from the presidency of the Collingwood Football Club. People have latched onto my opening line last week, and as a result, I've become a lightning rod for vitriol, 
but worse, have placed the club in a position where it's hard to move forward. Daniel, after facing significant pressure on Tuesday, Eddie Maguire resigned from Collingwood Football Club. I think to understand the significance of his resignation, you do need to understand the impact that he's had on Collingwood over many years. So can you tell me about his time there and and the things that happened under his watch? Collingwood under Eddie Maguire went from being a popular suburban club to being a massive on-field and off-field powerhouse. I think a lot of the work that uh, Eddie Maguire did as the president was innovative and they've just gone from strength from strength. They have one of the strongest home ground attendances week in, week out of any club. Uh, they've played in numerous grand finals and in um, Eddie Maguire, they have probably the most prominent VFL slash AFL president that uh, the, the game has ever seen. But at the same time, there's been a number of instances of racism on the field and off the field. There was uh, Michael Long being racially vilified by the Collingwood Ruckman Damien Monkhurst back in the late 90s. And of course, most recently, we had the whole Adam Goods affair in which uh, Eddie McGuire, in his role as a breakfast radio host, likened uh, Adam Goods to King Kong slash, you know, therefore an ape. And that was uh, less than a week after being uh, racially vilified by a Collingwood supporter during Sir Doug Nicholls' round. So there's been a a number of flashpoints within uh, Collingwood's history since then. And we all wondered what was being done about it within the club. Daniel, how important do you think Eddie Maguire's resignation is? Do you think that it will make a real and, and tangible difference in terms of how Collingwood, but also the entire AFL, deals with systemic racism? I think Maguire and his defenders have been trying to paint a picture over the last week or so that he's come under pressure for a series of gaffes he's made during his presidency around race and sex. But it's far more than that. The report is very specific about what the instances were here and it was a culture that he presided over for nearly 23 years that instilled a system of racism within the culture of the club that he was in charge of. So it wasn't just a series of gaffes, it was a systemic thing, something that goes far deeper than a series of blunders and I think the decision for him to resign was the right one. I think it makes it easier more broadly across the AFL to have a conversation about issues of systemic racism in particular. But in terms of the issues that are confronted at Collingwood around systemic racism, uh, the removal of one person, no matter how prominent, no matter how powerful, is just the beginning. Mm. And Daniel, we spoke earlier about the, the context for the racism that Nicky Winmar experienced when he was on the field in 1993. And I think our discussion was really about um, about how abuse on the footy field doesn't come out of a vacuum. It, it happens as a result of what's going on in society and what's being said publicly at the time. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a bit about the relationship between our public culture and racism in sport today. I think um, I had the misfortune of perusing social media last night to see what the reaction was from, from elements of the football public and uh, the Collingwood family and the the abuse that was levelled at uh, Lumumba and um, other Indigenous players was uh, very shocking, but not surprising. And I think what happens with uh, the way we have a national discourse in this country 
will find its way into every part of society and the sporting field is probably the, the area where it is most highlighted because it is the most prominent. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure, Ruby. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today, the Holiday Inn Hotel at Melbourne Airport will be closed until further notice after two workers and a returned traveller tested positive for COVID-19. Residents at the hotel have been evacuated as the site is cleaned. The Victorian government said its working theory is that the cases are linked to the use of a nebulizer medical device by a hotel resident. And two directors on the board of Crown Resorts have resigned following a scathing report that recommended that the company was unsuitable in its current form to operate a new casino in Sydney. The casino building at Brangaroo has already been built and is awaiting licensing approval before it can operate. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.